Good morning. Praise the Lord. Man, it's good to see you out this morning. Bunch of good-looking people. I figured I'd get a big amen on that one. Well, hey, we're glad to see you this morning. I'm glad you're here this morning. If if you're a visitor, I don't see any visitors right offhand, but uh, we want to welcome you this morning. A couple things to remember this morning that um, are, are going on here pretty quick. Tonight, following the service, uh, we're having a fellowship, a little reception back in the fellowship hall. Uh, we're going to honor Jonathan and Courtney um, as they're moving on to the next step. Uh, and so we're, we've got cake and ice cream, or I don't know if we have ice cream, but we've got cake and stuff. We're asking uh, to bring finger foods, and we'll just have a time of fellowship. And there'll be a little basket back there or something that if you want to bring a card or a note or something to just uh, let them know how much you love them, how much you appreciate them, uh, you can put that in there as well. But come out tonight. Let's, let's just love on them. You know, I, I, we... We've probably all been there where we've moved on somewhere else or left and, and taken a new job or moved on to another uh, season in our lives. And so we want to just let Jonathan and Courtney know how much we appreciate them and how much we love them. So be sure and come out for that. Call somebody that's not here. Look around. Not a whole lot in here right now. So when they come in, tell them, hey, don't don't forget tonight. Grab a bulletin, stick it in their hand. It's in it. Also, next Sunday night, uh, we're going to have our, our fall fest. We normally have it, I think, the first week of November, but we've moved it to October 30 this year. Uh, we're not doing a trunk or treat this year, but we're going to do our fall fest Sunday night, 6 p.m. We're going to have uh, the fire out there, not like we normally do. We'll do hot dogs and s'mores. And this year, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a chili cook-off. And so we're asking you, if you've got a chili recipe, uh, I don't care if it's a big can of wolf dumped in a crock pot. You can dip your finger in it and say it's your special blend, uh, whatever you want. But bring it. We're going to have a competition. We'll, we'll let everybody kind of vote on who the best chili was, and then we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, give a prize out for that. But, but come out for that. It'll be at 6 o'clock. We'll do a hayride. We'll have cornhole and all the stuff that we normally do. We'll have hot dogs you can roast over the fire and hot chocolate and s'mores, and, and, and we'll have some Fritos. Y'all can do frilly, whatever you want to do with the chili. You can eat it straight or hot dog with chili or frilled chili pie. And uh, we'll have a good time next Sunday evening uh, during our, our fall fest. I, I should be good weather. I pray it is, but we've got the pavilion and the building down there. So uh, be sure and come out. Invite somebody to come. That's an opportunity to reach somebody that may not necessarily come to church, but they'll come to a chili cook-off. And so invite them, and then uh, they may see that we're not as crazy as they think we are and might want to actually come to church with us. So uh, be sure and be there for that. Also, out in the foyer, uh, the prime timers uh, this Saturday are going to BG's. There's a sign-up out there. If you're going to go, if you'd sign up so they can get a count on how many are going for that as well. Um, why don't we stand this morning? We're going to worship the Lord. I know God's got a good message for us today. He's got a good word for us, but he's got also great things for us. He's got, God has miracles in store for us. Amen. I believe it. I believe every time we come to his house, he's going to bless us. He's going to give us something because he's faithful and he's just to do that. Amen. Amen. Let's just worship him this morning. Let's just start by giving him our praise. Father, we love you. Lord, we just glorify you this morning. We praise and exalt you this morning, God, because you're worthy of our praise. God, you're worthy uh, of being lifted up. God, because you are our God. You are you, you are healer. You are deliverer, God. And God, you pour out your blessings on us so great, and we can only return love back to you, God. We can only love you for it. We can thank you for it. And God, we bless you this morning as we enter into our worship this morning. We enter into our songs this morning. God, we sing praises to you because you're our God. Because you are you are a friend, God, you're our heavenly Father, and we love you. We thank you, and we glorify you this morning. Hallelujah.
for the opportunity to praise your name in your house this morning, God. You are God of miracles, and we're expecting them this morning. In Jesus' name. Our God is strong in battle. Our God will never fail. Through him all sick are broken. In him the sick Faithful 
Spirit, just move through this sanctuary. Father, Father, we acknowledge your presence in this house, God. You alone are worthy, God. Just have your way. Have your way, Father. Just move through these walls, God. Your rivers of life, God. Father, where there is thirst this morning, God, I pray that you would just quench it. Father, where there is doubt and fear, God, I pray that you would just destroy it. Holy Spirit, please just fill those empty places, God. Those hidden places, Father, that only you know about, Lord. Father, fill us from the top of our heads to the tip of our toes, God, with your anointing with your love and your mercy and your grace.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we are, we are glad. We are glad to know the Lord of hosts, the Lord of lords, the mighty King who will reign forever. We're glad that you allow us to know you, to know your name, to know something about your heart, to know your word, to, to know you, Lord, is our greatest, greatest joy. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill this place with your presence. Meet the needs, Lord, that are present in this room this morning. God, draw us to yourself. Draw us, Lord. Draw us to your will for our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. LaDonna, would you come right now? morning. Um, first of all, uh, on behalf of the pulpit committee, they didn't ask me to say this, but I know that there are people here that really need, well, we as a congregation need to know what's going on. We have interviewed three amazing uh, candidates for the position. We are meeting again tomorrow to make a final decision as to who we should present to you. So that is coming in the very near future. Don't get discouraged. The Lord's got this. So um, the best is yet to come, and be patient. God's got this. Um, this. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and even though we don't have a head pastor, we have people who fill positions uh, that pastor us in their way. So um, Chase and Jill, would you come? And Courtney and Jonathan? And Miss Julie, would you come, please? And, and you guys, y'all know that Chasen is amazing. He and Jill do a great work with the youth. He has been here uh, during this transition time of no pastor. He has, uh, has been here and fulfilled so many duties that a pastor normally would just because it needs to be done. He has a servant heart and has been so wonderful uh, to fill the gap while we have been in this transition. Um, we love you, Pastor Chasen. Thank you so much. I don't know what we'd do without him. <laughs> okay, and, and you guys know that Jonathan and Courtney have been working with our children's department for the last three years, and this is their last Sunday. And uh, as Pastor Chasen said, we will be celebrating them and um, releasing them to go and do whatever God has for them. Um, but they're still our pastors, and our kids love them dearly. Um, I love their kids dearly. I have the privilege of, of watching them in the nursery on Wednesday nights, and last Wednesday night was my last time. So um, they're, they're special to me. This, this family is special to me, and I'm going to miss them. So um, we're just praying for God's best for them uh, in whatever you know, way that he chooses to put them. But while you're here, we love you and we thank you so much. Uh, 
Um, what can I say about Julie? You guys know she is amazing. <laughs> um, you know, there's something that, because I've had the privilege of working back in the sound booth and doing the words and stuff sometimes, that this is what I found about Julie. She has the most humble heart and she is um, just open to whatever God has. <laughs> Uh, she has been just, I mean, I've been under a lot of worship leaders over the years. I've always gone to church, was raised in church. And this woman knows how to get in touch with God. And she knows how to lead us to be with in the presence of the Lord. Um, Julie, I hope you're not going anywhere. We love you and we want you to stay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you for being a, a congregation that, that loves the, the people that the Lord sends to minister among you and lead you. Uh, you know, the, the more you do that, the greater they will be. That's just what will happen. They, the Lord will, will release upon them more and more and more uh, vision and, and understanding of how to, how to serve in an, in an uh, environment of love and and uh, a church where people just love each other and they're, they're wanting God to do everything He wants to do in their lives. It starts with love, amen? amen? What you just saw and what you just expressed is a beautiful, beautiful thing to God. I think the angels, uh, I, think, I think God applauds what, what you just did, showing the affection that you showed to these pastors. Thank you. Um, I want to lead you in prayer for um, the, the decision that's being made for the... For the uh, the pulpit committee and, yes. and for, for us to just fall into the will of God. Yes. I mean, just right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. That's, uh, there's, I've, I've, been, I've been privileged to have been in the ministry a long, long time. And the security that I had in every single day of, that, of those 46 years uh, is uh, the security was knowing I was in the will of God for right then. Right. That God had called me there and I was there in the will of God. And when the Lord want me to go somewhere else, he would tell me where, where to go. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just exactly the same for a church. If I, if I hadn't been a minister moving from this, this ministry to that ministry, I would have been in a local church watching as God moves somebody here and God moves somebody there and God moves somebody here. So it's all, it, it's his church. You know, you know I, I think I should remind you of this. Ultimately, Jesus is our pastor. Amen. If, if John the 10th chapter is a beautiful chapter, John the 10th chapter. It, it, it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I, I go, I, I don't, I'm not a robber who crawls over the fence. That, the, the robber who's crawling up the, over the fence is, is good for nothing. He, he's, he's just wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I come through the gate. I know my sheep by name. And uh, he said in there, I have, I have other sheep that are not part of this flock. I think he was... That was a direct reference to us, the Gentile nations that, that he, he knew were going to come to him and be part of his flock. So Jesus is our ultimate shepherd, but he puts an under shepherd as his representative in every church to lead that church, to, to, train, to train up the people, to organize, to, so that the church can be effective and do what it, 
it's called, uh, what, we, what God expects of us, what God wants to happen in the church. So it's, you can see how critical it is that we get the pastor right. that God has appointed. Right. Do you believe it's, it's going to happen? Amen. I, I believe you do. Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. Let's, let's pray as fervently as we know how to pray. If you, if you would just risk the, the chance of, of speaking out loud, let, let's, let, let's let our prayers be heard all over the room and in heaven. Lord, we lift up our voice to say, thank you that you have the pastor. That you've already laid your hand upon somebody. That you've already chosen and selected somebody for this strategic time for Lone Grove Assembly of God, for this group of people and, the, and, and even those that are on the margin of this church, Lord, you, you have appointed someone to be our leader. You've appointed someone with the right gifts, with the right character, with the right compassion and love and, 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 and the vision, Lord, that, that you want, want to give us as a church. You're syncing that ministry with, with this ministry, and we, we just we worship you that you are up to something wonderful. We, up, we worship you, Lord, that, that what's going to happen is going to turn out for good and for the glory of God and for the building of the kingdom of God. We praise you for the souls that will be saved by the ministry. That, that comes about because the one you chose is being selected and put before us, Lord, and, and that we are going to be as one family and one accord as we work together with that ministry, that leadership, that pastor that you send us, Father. And we, we give you praise, Lord, that, that you heard every prayer, you've heard every cry, every groan of our spirit. God, you, you've seen every, every single decision, every effort that's been made to move there. But Lord, it's not of, of human means to do it. It's only by your spirit that you impart to us the wisdom, Lord, to accept and, and, and get behind the leader that you call us to get behind. In Jesus' name, we praise you for this privilege. And we praise you for sending the, the, the man you've chosen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Keep praying that in faith. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. The ushers are going to come, and they're going to give you the opportunity of giving in our tithes and offerings. And we're going to, you know what? Let's just enjoy giving. Let's enjoy that we have something to give, and we have a cause so worthy of supporting. If, it was, if we had a hundred times what we have to give, it would be worth it because the kingdom of God is priceless, wouldn't you say? I mean, if anything in the world is priceless, the work of the kingdom of God is priceless. Lord, thank you for giving us the privilege of giving. Thank you, Lord, for the kingdom of God that has touched, it's more than touched our lives, it's transformed our lives. It's changed our eternal destiny. Your kingdom, Lord, has come. And Lord, we, we are thrilled to be partakers in the kingdom and participants in getting this kingdom to the rest of the world. So Lord, bless the offering and bless the families and the givers who give it. We pray in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
just in case you came in uh, after the opening of service where the announcements were made, be sure to get one of the church bulletins and notice that there's an event tonight after church celebrating Jonathan and Courtney and then also next Sunday night a fall festival and and uh, the one, one other announcement that was in there is a sign-up sheet for the prime timers uh, having an event this Saturday. You're, you're going to a fun place next Saturday evening. So join together and, and, and sign up. Let them know that you're coming, okay? Amen. Lord, this is your message. It's not mine. And I know that you, Lord, want to get this message into our hearts, into my heart and every one of our hearts. And as many people as you could possibly get this message into their hearts. Lord, I know that you would want to get it there. I, I just ask you, Lord, for enabling to not depend on human effort to get this message across, but may your spirit impart this message, Lord. God, just make me a mouthpiece for you. Make me a spokesperson for you. A mailman who's just delivering the mail, Lord, that comes straight from you. I, I just ask you, God, to to use the weak instrument that you, that you have to use and, and the weak uh, uh, matter of just uh, using words to try to communicate this, Lord. Communicate it beyond words to our hearts so that it changes our hearts and changes our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Where do you, where do you get your marching orders? The, the, thing that, the thing that you value most in the world, what, what makes you value that? What, what are your priorities? The decisions that you make, what, what are the, the guidelines that, that help you make those decisions? I mean, what is it that makes you, you? The people that know you, what do they know about you? And, and why is that what they know about you? I'm asking some strange questions. I, I'm, I'm just asking you to, to, to think about for a moment, why do I treat people as I do? Why, why do I sometimes value certain people and, and others I don't have so much value for? Uh, why, why are you the person that you are? I realize these are really, really, really broad, broad questions, but I'm going to bring it I'm going to bring it down to one, one thought after I, after I say this one more question. What is inside you that governs you? That governs what you do and what you don't do? What you choose to be? What, what governs you? What governs you? When, when, uh, when you're tempted by the enemy, what's, what is it that makes you, makes the decision what you're going to do with that temptation. Um, I, I'm going to show you a scripture that you, you've probably already heard. Psalms 119 verse 11. I've hidden your word in my heart. I believe it was David that wrote this 119th Psalm. His, his name's not attached to it, but... Uh, it had to be David. 176 verses that all talk about pretty much the same thing. God's words, God's concepts. Everything that I'm talking about in this message, all, all those 176 verses pertain to this. But verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. And, 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 you know, for it to be hidden in your heart, that's more than just memorizing it. That's getting it in, into the decision-making process. It, 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 when, when you get God's Word inside you, like uh, the psalm writer said, hidden in your heart so that it changes who you are. So I won't sin against you. So I won't, I won't violate your commands. I won't trespass what you want from me. I won't displease you by, by making choices that are contrary to your will. If I have your word hidden in my heart. John 6, verse 63. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. This is Jesus talking. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. All the self-improvement uh, self courses that can make you a better person, they're not, they're not useful to do what, what God wants done in your life. He wants His Word and His work inside you. And Jesus continues that statement, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. The very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. It sounds like what Jesus is saying is very much in common with what the psalmist said, I've hidden your words. We keep running across those word words. God uses words, words that you understand. It's, it's, it's the way we communicate with each other too. We use words. And whatever the language is that you know the words, God will use those words to talk to you in your soul and to, and to govern you. Is it okay if I use that word? Some people don't want to be governed. They, they want to be, they want to govern, they want to self-govern. They, they want to have the liberty of, uh, of being the person in, 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 that I want to be and express myself the way I want to express but the Lord would have us to die to ourselves and let Him govern us. Let Him show us His way for our lives to be the most productive, the most fruitful, and I'll add this, the most enjoyable. How could anything about, how could anything that, that is other than the will of God be more enjoyable than the will of God? We love the scripture over in Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you and plans to, to prosper you and, and to give you peace to, to, to make your life fruitful. Of course, everything that the Lord wills for you is not, is not going to be uh, from the outside look enjoyable. You, you may endure persecution. In fact, he said, expect to. You're going, they hated me, they're going to hate you. You're, there's going to be some things about it that to others... Say, say it's not enjoyable, but I'd rather be persecuted in the will of God than to be out of the will of God and suffer what Satan's wanting to do in my life. I, I don't want that thief that, that would crawl over the fence and, and to have any governor role in my life. But I've, I've certainly lived through him having a governor role in my life before. I've, I've done things that weren't God's will, and it wasn't God that, that was to blame for that. It was, it was me succumbing to the temptation that came from the enemy. Or from my own lust of the flesh. Right. Uh, 
Jesus fasted for 40 days, and, uh, and then he was tempted three times. We're told about it in the Gospels. And each time he overcame with a scripture. All three times that he talked to the, to the devil about his response. First, the devil said, you, you see this stone and you've, you're hungry. Why, why don't you just change that stone into bread? And, uh, and Jesus said, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, you're not governing my life. My appetite's not governing my life. Nothing's governing my life except the words that God speaks to me. The words that God speaks to you are life. They are life. To ignore those words means you choose the opposite of life. What's that? It's death. It's death. Death to your dreams, death to your hopes, death to, death to, to you, what would have been yours in the will of God. Um, Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus was our high priest. Uh, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. That's the Apostle Paul talking about. Uh, that's who I think wrote the book of Hebrews. That talk, he talks about Jesus... Uh, sympathizes with our weaknesses because he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. How did Jesus do that? Because he was filled with the Word of God. He is the Word of God. And, and he, he lived a perfect life because he had the Word of God so inside him, so powerfully inside of him, that it affected every decision that he made, every word that came out of his mouth was was filtered with, with the Word of God and the, and the will of God being already known and, and being practiced in His life. And that's what God wills for every single one of us. I mean, I asked the question, how, how, did, how did He uh, do the right thing every time? He had God's Word inside Him. I, I realize this is a big book. Genesis through Revelation, that's, that's the printed Word of God. And added to it is the words that he says to you personally that help you understand what he said in his word. But what he says to you personally will never contradict his word, but it will explain it. It will, it will help you personalize it. It will remind you what he wants you to do in your, in your life. All the decisions that you make, every, every battle you go through, every crisis you find yourself in, even on the very best of your day, the days of your life, when you're not having any problems at all, he, he even wants that day for you to have, have, have awareness of the words that, that are life-giving to you, the, the, the words that are going to make you get the best out of that day where everything was going great, or that day when you were in your darkest crisis. L life, I, what, what you've got on the screen up back there is, up, yeah, up here. Uh, his words are, are words he wants you to live by every single day of your life. His words. Do you have his words inside you? Is it true of you like, like uh, the psalmist, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God? Um, that's the only part of God's word that's doing you any good. The part that's inside you.
Now, I think there's a lot of verses inside me that I couldn't quote uh, word for word. But I got, I got the gist of that scripture inside me. And when I'm, when I'm dealing with a matter that pertains to that, if, if I'm conscious and aware of it, if, if I really want, if, if I want to stay connected to what God's word and, and not ignore it, I can go to that phrase from, from a verse in the, in the Bible. Like, like if, I'm, if I'm getting angry, I, I remember I was in a church service of all things. Have you ever seen a pastor get angry while he's in the pulpit? I, 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 only, I only remember it happening to me, uh, well, this one time that, that, I, that I'm speaking of. I was, I was a young pastor, and, and uh, somebody was uh, leaving their marriage to, to be... Uh, in, in, in a relationship with somebody else. And they came to church and they, and they sat on the pew together, him and his girlfriend. And uh, like, like we were supposed to think this is okay. And uh, uh, I got mad. And I, I, I was sitting, that's back when we had to sit on the platform the whole time. And uh, I, I, I could tell that the, whole, the Lord had an opinion about what I was, what I was, what I was feeling, but I was just mad, and I, I was wanting to call it righteous indignation. Like, kind of like he did. When, I, I wanted to call what he did when he went in the, in the temple and kicked over the tables and, yeah. and the money changers yeah. and, all, all, and ran them out, you know. Uh, I, I call that righteous indignation. But here's what he said to me when I was sitting on that platform. Uh, from James, the first chapter, the 20th verse. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. That changed what I did. Yeah. That changed. I had to bring my anger under arrest. Yeah. And, and how, how many times since then? That's been 44 years ago. And uh, uh, um, how many times since then has anger been a, been a a temptation, you know, to, to let my anger get the best of me, let, to let my anger somehow rise to a level where, where I, I, it, well, the will of God wasn't being done in my life. And the Lord would bring that scripture back to me that he shared with me and that I'll never forget where that started yeah. in my life. But yeah. the, the, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. If you've got a temper problem, if you've got an anger problem, let, let that word, let, let the, that's one of the words to live by. The wrath of man... Now, the wrath of women, maybe, no, I'm just kidding. I think he's generalizing all of us under the same word, don't you? That, that our, our human emotion isn't what makes what he wants the outcome to be. We're not going to make the outcome that because of our, our righteous indignation. It's not really righteous indignation. That's just trying to color it, uh, you know, a pretty color. But he, he wants us to let him uh, operate through us in a different way than just our anger being manifest. And he wants to show, show us how, how to, to, to make the situation better instead of make the situation worse. For every single thing you go through in life, he's got a word that you need to know and you need to be uh, enjoying practicing his word. That's what happened to him. When everything the devil could throw at him. Hey, hey, the scripture says, if you jump off of here, look at the scripture over in Psalm says, he's already given the angels charge over you, and lest you cast your uh, foot against a stone. And Jesus responded with the scripture. Jesus responded with the scripture. 
and, and, and then uh, bow down and worship me. And, and, and Jesus responded with the scripture. Every time he had, it was the word of God in, in him that was, that was making him able to live a sinless life, to live a victorious life. And that's the only thing that will make you and I be able to live a victorious life. A, a sinless life, a, a life of, of living in the will of God, if we can just get the Word of God inside us. So, uh, how do you get the Word of God inside you? I, I'm glad we have church to come to. And I'm glad that we have Bibles at home that we can read at home. I'm, I'm glad we, in fact, we live in the day when, when the Bible is most ab abundantly available, it's ever been available. Study helps to the Bible are so available today, especially in our language. But in the languages of the world, they're becoming more and more, and more accessible for people. And so, uh, just avail yourself of the opportunity of when you're reading the Bible, let's say you're going to read half a chapter. Probably in that half a chapter, there are several words that you can apply to your life. Like, like the one about wrath in, in, in James 1.20. Uh, and, and so, 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 so many more. He, he speaks to everything about our lives. He talks to us about our lust. He talks to us about our, our fear, our, 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 whether we're telling the truth or not. He, he, he wants, to, he wants to, to, a little bit at a time, let, let words get inside you that you live by. That they, that they just, they're, they're in your mind. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that the Bibles, I've got several Bibles, so I'd like to think that having so many Bibles and having one with me or, or that having one on the shelf readily available for me, I'd like to think that that's helping me. But only thing, it, it's not helping me until I open it. That's right. It's not helping me until I open my heart to what it says. But when I, when I want to, I can take his word and, and uh, hide it in my heart. Amen. I remember Paul Loenberg. I was having lunch with him one day. I, it was my job as a youth pastor to take him, pick him up at the airport and take him, get something to eat. And that was a, boy, it was a, it was a, uh, a wonderful opportunity for me. He was a, a pastor that I never, or a preacher that I never dreamed I would get to have personal conversation with. But uh, one of the things he said to me, I was because I was telling, uh, I, I don't know, some, some subject came up, what I know, I said, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just acting like I don't know it. And he, he, he showed me a scripture, he, he just quoted a scripture because he was one of those people that lived by the word. When, you've, when you preach the word a lot, it, it's easier to live the word. So I'd say that means you need to preach the word a lot. Amen. All of you, preach to each other, preach to your children, preach... Preach the word, but but do it in a way that uh, it's, it's it's short enough they don't get tired of hearing it. <laughs> yeah. But but get the I, I, the 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 chore of getting the sermon ready is where you learn so much of the word. Yeah. It's not it's not preaching it. It's getting in there and studying and preparing to preach it that gets the word inside you. And so do that, and you'll you'll be shocked at how many how many ways the Lord gives you opportunity to express. What you've taken the time to study and learn, what you've received. I mean, the first one a husband or a wife ought to, ought to uh, share it with is their husband or wife that, to, the, to their spouse. Share what the Lord showed you, and that, and and you can be doubling your your how quickly you're doing it. But the scripture that He showed me, 
he showed me I had never heard was from Proverbs, and it said, uh, He that concealeth a matter glorifieth the Lord. Glorify, he that conceals a matter. In other words, if you're not going to be a talebearer, and you're not going to go around and tell everything you know to everybody, because, uh, you know, hey, I, it's more like juicy gossip to you instead of, instead of something that, is, that you should protect because somebody's reputation might be at stake. He that concealeth the matter glorifies the Lord. I, I didn't know that scripture was there. The Proverbs is full of words from the Lord. And, and your appetite for the Bible, I, I'd, like to see it, I'd like to see it center around this. It is full of words that your shepherd wants to, wants to get to you as his sheep so that you have the most abundant life that you could possibly have. He said in, in that John the 10th chapter, he, he said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Of course he does. He's going to tell you lies. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy your hopes of living in the will of God and experiencing the blessing that, that comes from that. But Jesus said, I didn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have abundant life. Amen. As a shepherd, uh, the shepherd loves those sheep. The shepherd loves those sheep and, and wants them to be protected, wants them to be provided for, wants them to be healthy, wants them to be happy and content. I don't know if it's an aggregate. I don't know the whole purpose of sheep. It's not like, uh, not like having a dog that's just kind of a friend and a companion around the house. It's uh, what, what is it about sheep? Do they shear them and, and make money off the wool? Do they, do they have other agricultural? I mean, I, don't, I, don't guess, I, know, I know all these stories in the Bible about shepherds, but I don't know all about sheep. I, I'm just asking you a question for some help there. But, but I, I'm, I'm just saying as, as insignificant as a sheep is, the shepherd loves it. And we're, and the Lord said, we're more valuable than many sparrows. We're, we're more valuable than the lilies of the field. Obviously, he, he's saying, you know, you, you could be considered insignificant too. The devil considers you insignificant and worthless, but I consider you valuable and I, and I want to put my words in you. Like a parent, when you're raising your child, you want to get the right message in them so that they, they're protected from the dangers of life. Don't cross the street. I, I remember my, my parents telling me that, that they taught my older brother and sister not to cross the street without holding hands with somebody. So they went out there and crossed the street holding hands with each other. That missed the whole point. But th thankfully nothing was coming at the time. But, but God wants to clarify His, His love for us in words. Words. So many opportunities to hear a word from the Lord if you open up the Bible and open up your heart and you're willing to receive it. Uh, if you do get the Word inside you, it does in you exactly what it did in Jesus. It enables you to, to do the right thing. Right. Praise God. It enables you to do the right thing. It, it, uh, it enables you to overcome evil. It, it, it reminds you exactly what the will of God is. When, if, if, and only if, you remember what His Word is. Right. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His, his word is, in fact, guardrails for us, protecting us from that, those, those opportunities that exist outside the will of God. His word is a guardrail for us. Uh, one of the, my favorite verses, and 
uh, I guess probably the one that I lean on the most is, John, is Matthew 7, 24. Uh, right at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is beginning to tell uh, an, an illustration. And he said, anyone who listens to my teaching and does them. That's two different things there. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say that anyone who just listens to my teaching. He said, anybody who listens to my teaching and does them is like a wise man who built his house on a solid rock. If you're in the building business, you'll know it's a wise, wise decision to have a really solid foundation under whatever you're building. The far, further up it's going, the better, the more, the, the better that foundation better be. Because storms are going to come, wind is going to blow, it's going to rain, the soil is going to change. But, but you, if you want to build your house solid, you've got to really prioritize what it's built on. And that's what he says about our life. Our life has to be built on his teaching, what he says, what he teaches us. That's why he gave us the Great Commission and he told us to go into all the world and make disciples. And he could have just stopped right there. Go make disciples. Because he could have said, I think a lot of people think that it's just, hey, it's all about just going and telling them the gospel and they receive Christ as their Savior. And then we can go on to the next person and work on them so they can hear the gospel, the good news. And, and hey, the Lord will forgive all your sins if you'll just ask Him to. He, he will. And, I, and they ask Him to forgive. But He didn't stop there. Don't just tell them the gospel. He said, teaching them to obey all these things I've commanded them. Because... He's wanting him to be smart enough to listen to the one who was willing to go to the cross. He wants, he wants him to be smart enough to, and, and wise enough not to reject his, his teaching, not just receive his grace, but take his words and apply them to your life and see your life being built on a solid foundation, a rock, that the winds and waves will come and your house will stand strong because you're building it on what Jesus said. You're, you're doing what He said. You're living it out. House built on solid rock. Um, this is the scripture uh, that, that Jesus was quoting, Deuteronomy 8, 3, when, when uh, Satan was tempting him in the wilderness and, uh, to turn that rock into bread. And th this is the, the whole verse that, that Jesus was quoting from. Dude, Moses says, yes, he's talking to the people of Israel, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a, few, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did this to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. He was going to great efforts, wasn't he, to teach the people of Israel that lesson? I mean, they, they were wandering in the wilderness, and he, he created this miracle manna and, and showed them that, that God, uh, he was showing them more than just God is our provider, but that God has the way to make our lives uh, productive and, and uh, profitable and, and fulfill his purpose and his will. Think of the great advantage it is for us to have the scriptures. For us to have the Bible to read, to memorize, whatever we'd like to do with it, it's ours to do that. And, uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I, I don't think guilt is what the Lord wants the pastor to bring on anybody. 
I, I just think he wants, to, he, he wants us to share his word so you have the opportunity to avoid calamity. That's, that's, what I'm, that's why I'm saying what I'm about to say. Uh, we, we have the scriptures that we can memorize, that we can teach, that we can pass on to our kids. Uh, but, but the person who doesn't read and study the Bible and gain from what he's learned has no advantage over the person who has never been taught to read the Bible. That's never been told the Bible has answers. Uh, that, you know, or maybe they don't even have a Bible in their language. They don't even know a Bible exists. We have no advantage over them unless we take advantage of the Bible we have. Because, you know, that, that Bible sitting on the shelf is not doing you any good. Right. It can be on the dash of your car, it's still not doing you any good. Right. It's not an amulet like it's giving you good luck or anything like that. Don't ever use the Bible like that. It's not a charm. No. It's, it's full of truth yes. that will reform your life. It will, it will be the reformation of your life. It'll be the, the transformation of your life. Your, your life, the, the, well, the, the reality is there's no addiction. There's no, there's no trap of the enemy that can keep a hold on us and, and, and destroy our lives if we get the word in us. If we, thank God for the songs that get the word in us. A lot of songs get the word in us. But, but your, your knowledge, of you, you knowing those words that God wants you to have, that's, that's what's going to be your success in life. And your lack of it is going to be your lack of success in your life. You see what I'm saying, why I'm saying that about guilt? I'm not trying to put guilt on anybody. I'm, I'm trying to tell you that here's something really wonderful that's available to all of us. Let's take advantage of it. Let's jump in the middle of it. Let, let's, let's, let's find a way to take some of God's truth in every day of our life. Every day of our life. Find a way to get, to get a, a, a truth from the Word. Uh, I, I was... I, I've got a whole lot more notes, but I, I'm just aware that the Lord's really wanting to get this message inside each one of us. And not, I, I'm trying to preach it in the simplest form I can possibly present it to you so that, it, that there's, there's not any way of somebody not understanding yeah. how simple this is. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple. He will speak His Word into you. And you have to be willing to receive it. Yeah. And, and, and if you already have a scripture that he can use, he'll bring that scripture up to you. Yes. But it, it, if you've never heard that scripture before, then you don't even realize that what he's given you is a scripture. You know, you know hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, know, I know it may feel hopeless to you that there are hundreds of thousands of truths in the Bible. How in the world am I ever going to scratch the surface? I, I, be, I, know, I know the answer to that question is this, one scripture at a time. Right. Just one scripture at a time. If, and if you'll open your heart, not just your mind, but open your heart to receive the truth of that scripture, to agree with God, what he says about that scripture. 
Every single scripture uh, that he opens up to you is an opportunity for not only not only you to grow stronger because of it, but you can pass it on as much as you want to. I love people that share that, that write articles or share scriptures, share revelations that they have. And, and that's an opportunity for me to get his word into my heart that I might not sin against God, that I might not wander off the path and think, hey, this is a flowery path. I'm, I'm going to follow this. This, this. this feels pretty good for a while. But if it's not in the will of God, I need to have known that. And, and I need to know it the sooner the better to get back in the will of God. Because God's will is the best hope there is for me or for you or for anybody else. Mm. I feel like I'm supposed to close. I feel like I'm supposed to say to you right here, it's, it's your decision that has led up to you knowing what you know about the word till today. God's not going to make you do it. It'd be great if he did, I guess. Like when you were six years old or five years old and you, we have to go to school, we have to get educated. I, I was told that the police would pick me up if I wasn't in school because I have to be in school. So I was told. I guess it's true, I don't know. But it would be nice if, we're, if we were made to do it, but we have to make ourselves do it. Yes, we, do. We, we, we have to agree with God that it's, it's, it's right. It's what he wants. And I, mean, I, I could give you... Uh, that, that's what's in my notes, to give you several more uh, examples of, of how His Word becomes a light into your feet and a lamp into your path, a word, a word from God. But God wants you to start experiencing your own revelations. Yes. He, he really wants this church to, to be alive with, with people that are sharing with each other the revelations that God has shown them. You really do need that. You, you don't want to just go to church and sit on a pew with people that you don't really know, and you don't know anything about their, how they're living out their faith. You don't ever have spiritual conversations with them about it. You, you just hear the same messages they hear, and, and, and you go, and you really don't know what happens until you're sitting with them on the pew again later, and you, and you don't know them. No, that's not a church. A church is a family. A church is a group of people that, that interacts with each other and knows each other and cares about each other, and we encourage each other, and we build each other up because we're in this together, and we're learning His Word together, and we can, we can make each other stronger as we share what the Lord has, has been sharing with us, or maybe what somebody else shared with you, and it, and it, it just seems like a, a, a really good morsel of truth, and, it, and it, it, it administered to you, and you can pass it on to somebody. You don't even have to wait till you, you see them, call them up and say, hey, I want to share a scripture with you. You've got five minutes? That's the kind of church the Lord wants you to be, where you're going out to eat together, and you're talking about spiritual things. In addition to, you're talking about the weather and you're talking about politics or whatever, whatever it is that's normally talked about, but, but don't exclude the truths that are going to make the difference in your life forever and ever and ever. His Word is so valuable. His Word is so necessary. His Word is so life-giving. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. That very scripture alone, if there was no other scripture that I used, if I used that scripture, that should send you out of here wanting to get His words in your heart. Get His words in your heart. They are words to live by. 
They are words to live by. They will not let you down. They will hold you strong when the, when the, the wicked one himself, if he personally comes and attacks you, he cannot stand when the word of God triumphs over him. Don't try using your words. Try using God's words on him. God's words. That, Jesus had to be proven something when he, when he all three of those temptations, he had the gospel writers write it, that all three of them he responded with a scripture. With a scripture. Hmm. Wow. Lord, we want to be hungry for righteousness because you said, though, that they that hunger and thirst for righteousness are going to be given that righteousness. They're going to be saved. They're going to be given that, that revelation that they want. They, they, they want to overcome the, the tendency of the flesh. They, 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 want to, they want to not live a life full of failures. They, they want to go through their days knowing they have experienced your delight and what you want for their lives. You're going to make them so effective in ministering to others. And I just ask you, God, this morning, show us how to humble ourselves at your feet and just say, God, God, put your word in me that I can live by it. That I can live by it. I can live abundantly by it. I can live forever by it. Your word is that powerful and that wonderful and that necessary. It is truly priceless. Every word that comes out of your mouth is more valuable than all the other words that we could ever build our life upon. I praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Looks like I'm going to dismiss you early. I said it looks like. <laughs> haven't got there yet, have you? What would God have you do? Would you just kind of bow your head and just shut yourself in with God and let me just ask you this question. What do you feel the Holy Spirit telling you? What did you feel the Holy Spirit telling you while? What, was it condemnation? It wasn't condemnation because He loves you so much. It was a word of invitation. It was His love reaching out to you and saying, I want, I want to tell you every truth you need to know, every word you need to know to be victorious, every word you need to know to get your prayers answered because you're praying in my will. You're praying in a, a accord and alignment with my will. Just let the Holy Spirit help you make a decision what He wants you to do in response to this message. If you're not yet a born-again Christian, if, you're, if, you're not, if your life's not sold out to God, you've surrendered all so that He can be Lord of your life. Well, certainly this word this morning was an invitation to you to step into the family of God by faith, 
receive the mercy of God, believe that He went to the cross for your sins that are already bought and paid for. His blood is washed the sins away of all of us who believe and trust. Your step, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, is to begin right here, right now. Receiving His amazing saving grace. His wonderful, wonderful saving grace. It's yours right now. Lift your hand if you're receiving that right now. As you're, you're receiving Christ as your personal Savior. Lift up your hand. I want to rejoice with you. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Who else? Just th thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I, I see that. Thank you. Anybody else? Lord, I rejoice with these three. I thank you that you have reached into their soul with your amazing grace this morning. And that you are, are escorting them into your family with your loving words of invitation to them. Lord, I agree with them. As they lifted their hand, they have made the decision. They, they have already chosen to say yes to your grace and to your mercy. And Lord, I just pray with them right now in the name of Jesus. Why don't we all just pray this simple prayer as these three pray with us. This, this, I, I, it's, I used to call it sinner's prayer. It's the winner's prayer. It's the winner's prayer, okay? Let's all say it together. Heavenly Father, I rejoice that you sent a Savior. Jesus Christ is that Savior. He spilled his blood for me. I receive you, Jesus. I embrace you, Jesus. I will cling to you, Jesus. I will trust in you, Jesus, that you're the Savior. Frees me from my sin and allows me to be a member forever and ever and ever of the family of God. I could never thank you enough. Lord, teach me your words. Show me how to live in, in cooperation with you. And fulfill your will for my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, buddy. God bless you, too. And God bless you. God bless you. Lord, I pray that this day, this very day, you show us some of the truths you've been teaching us. And that we can, and that we can anchor them in our soul as words that we're going to live by. I pray this very day that our minds, are, are, that you get our attention and show us, Lord, show us clearly the steps forward from learning what we learned this morning. I thank you for the revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands. Love each other in Christ. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You that gave your hearts to Christ, schedule a water baptism with Pastor Chasen, okay? Talk to Pastor Chasen about water baptism. It's your next step. Praise the Lord. 
Amen.